1: my bottom level butt. i don't know if that's that sounds is that where we're gonna go base basement floor butt. that sounds even worse um that sounds like a totally different podcast um the the, the bottom of the barrel butt is georgia tech for me so
0: welcome to an acc podcast i'm lauren brownlow um we're going to Review what was... uh Well, I guess what would is, is at best described as a mixed week of ACC football. Um, could have been worse. <laughs> That's generally how ACC football tends to go. Um, and I'm joined this week... That's a great Right? Yeah. Could have been worse. <laughs> nice. I had to bring on um, Norm Wood from the Daily Press in Newport News slash Virginian Pilot in Norfolk. Um, he is also... An AP top 25 voter. And he, he, co- I, I mean, you cover both Virginia teams, right? But probably mostly Virginia Tech during football season.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I don't, I don't do much of anything with Virginia. I know they exist in Charlottesville during the fall, but I don't, I don't do an awful lot of uh, Virginia football. I used to between 2008 and 2015. I covered both programs, everything across the board. But um, I dumped UVA football in 2015 and pretty much just concentrate on tech football during the fall. So. You get, catch me in the winter and I'll be running around With my hair on fire covering everything again
0: Jeez, around here we cover like three teams Right, I know, we're weak,
1: <laughs> we're weak that way yeah, We're slackers
0: I mean, to be fair if, if one of the programs, and this is going to be Funny, because it kind of gets us into <laughs> The first game, if one of the programs Goes by the wayside for us locally um, Partially just because of local Interest, it's Duke um, Football <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's going to change Pretty quickly um, because Duke football might be good? Question mark or is Virginia Tech football bad? Question mark When people have been asking me that this past week, my answer has kind of been yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what? What's your? What is wrong with Virginia Tech? Yeah, point? perfectly
1: reasonable question marks. I think on both of those, actually, and um, I I would say the question mark is closer to being a period for. Uh, Virginia Tech. I, I do think they're closer to being bad than maybe Duke is to being good. Um, there's a lot wrong with Virginia Tech right now, and I think a lot of it stems from the fact that they don't have an offensive identity, and that's a little surprising considering the fact that they are so deep in terms of uh, skill players in the perimeter and, and receivers and and uh, would would seemingly uh, have had a a veteran quarterback coming back this year and Ryan Willis and uh, you know, had some decent pieces to, to build off of on the offensive line, still needed to replace a few guys there. And um, all of this is a little confusing. But when, when, you, when you look at the fact that they've, you know, they're, they're second from bottom in the, in the entire country tied for 128th out of 130 teams and turnover margin and, and they can't generate any turnovers on the defensive side. They've only created three. Um, and, you know, they're minus eight in turnovers for the season. That tells a lot of the story in, in, in some ways. But, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't speak to how ineffective they are for long stretches. And this is systemic. I mean, it was the same last year where you'd have three or four just totally fruitless drives where it just seems like they they didn't have any rhyme or reason or uh, didn't have any any way to adjust to adjusting defenses and, um, didn't know how to attack, and um, it was—it's—it's it's become um, systemic for sure, and 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 Tech has lost its its home field advantage, and that's been something that uh, has been a slow decline over the past uh, two or three seasons, and now has become quite clear when you have sixty six thousand people all crammed in the Lane Stadium for a primetime game on Friday night, and all dressed in white and, you know, the white-out effect and um, you're you're honoring the 1999 team that made it to the national championship oops. game and oops, you lay an egg, that you no longer have home-field advantage. You know, it's just uh, there's a lot going on there and and um, there, there's – I'm not sure if – you know, I, I will try my best, but in the over the course of 35 40 minute podcast, I don't know if it can be answered. I mean, I know, listen, I, I think, I think yeah. the big thing is that right now, and if you want to hear about one of the hot topics right now, and I, I think it's the fact that there is a, a growing number of, of fans clearly, you know, you, you know how it is, Lauren. It's if things start going downhill, everybody wants the, 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 the coach fired yesterday, but um, the, the more realistic. And, and perhaps growing faction of fans, I think, uh, are questioning whether it's perhaps time for Justin Fuente to take over the reins of play calling now. And and you know Brad Cornelson is a younger offensive coordinator. He had not called plays before. I think his last year or two with with Fuente at Memphis. And now there's some question about whether or not it's time to have him relinquish that 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 duty and, and give it back to Fuente who was calling plays prior to, Portelson Cordelson taking over or being handed that responsibility at Memphis. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how these, these next few weeks in particular, uh, um, uh, play out for, for Virginia tech, which was coming off an open, open week going into that Duke game too. That's another element, uh, to, to throw in there, but now they head to Miami and, and clearly two teams that, uh, Need to need to prove something uh, before before the season goes down the drain, and that's I mean that that might be you know nihilistic and. and you know, sky is falling type mentality, but it is, it's sort of gotten that point already for Virginia tech, uh, you know, a third of the way through the season.
0: I'm not going to go super in depth on this just because we'll have other games to hit. And like you said, you, we could go this whole podcast just talking about Virginia tech and what's going on. But I had two things that have sort of stood out to me one, and this is somewhat just like following some Virginia tech people on Twitter and seeing some of the first, like is Ryan, like there's some, speculation that Ryan Willis isn't the right type of guy to run this offense. And yet if there's no trust in the guys that have been there behind him for a couple of years, like for at least a year now, what, like what's going on? Cause he, I mean, you mentioned the turnovers. He's got a lot of them himself. Yeah,
1: he does. And and that's p- part of it is you're right. There's been questions about why do you run, you know, an RPO style offense with a guy who may not be perfectly equipped to run an RPO style yep. offense. And, and, um, I would argue that the you know they're, they're, that perhaps Ryan Willis is a is a better runner than most people sort of realize only because he can you know he he can get out of the pocket and scoot a little bit but um, he has not been sharp throwing the ball and that's you know it's that was sort of his 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 calling card coming into the season yep. was the fact that he was going to give you an opportunity to, to stretch the field and push the ball downfield and. And all that, and, and now I granted I know defenses have played an awful lot of cover four and you know some, some things to shut down a lot of the deep deep routes and um, but it's it's been it's been painful to, to watch him sort of I mean there you know the, one of his late interceptions uh, against Duke the other day was was repulsive I mean it was just almost it seemed like and there was no effort put into trying to to, to clear the ball or get it uh, you know at least you know, three or four rows deep into the, to the stands. And when he rolled out and clearly didn't have an open receiver and just under threw a receiver into the, you know, it, right in the middle of, or, or, or well, right in the field of play. And, and it was an easy interception. It just seemed there were almost no boos from fans it was almost acceptance that this was their fate at this point. Oh, but f- it, it, it confuses me when God. you watch what Plente and Cornelson do with the backups at the position, when you have, Hendon Hooker, you know, a guy from Greensboro, and um, you know the guys. I think he's attempted. I, I was. Bi- I, I'll be perfectly honest with you here, Lauren. I, by the time Hendon played, uh, you know, he he was in and out of the games. Uh, Friday night, uh, Tuesday, uh, I guess, in the second, third, and fourth quarters. And by the time he played some significant down the third quarter, I was already writing on deadline. I, I know that's,
0: <laughs> that's that's
1: reporter bad. life, yeah. Exactly. So I didn't notice, but I think he attempted a pass finally in his career. This has been sort of a running joke at this time is you know, when he finally attempts a pass, it'll be sort of a trick play because he's he's you know, he's gone almost a year and a half into his career and played a little bit in, in, in you know, spots here, um, and hadn't attempted a pass. And and this was the guy who's the number two quarterback, presumably. Yeah, and and they, you know, they and I get last year. What Quincy Patterson? Yeah, I think only attempted five passes, and um, the intention with him was always to redshirt him, and he hadn't thrown the ball a lot in his high school offense in Chicago, and all these different elements that kind of made it a little bit understandable as to why he wasn't passing an awful lot. But um, I, I just don't. I never. I don't think any of us really grasped why you don't have your backup quarterback at least, you know, wing it a little bit so you get a chance to. To see what he's all about. So um, you know, when you when you search for answers for Virginia Tech and how you how you fix what ails its offense, I don't you know. It's unclear whether the answers are, are present on the roster because they really haven't been utilized. I, I don't think to their their fullest. And
0: we can move off of it on this because I, I this is going to be a tough question for you to answer, I'm sure. But my the way it seemed to me, I mean, the, the game was competitive in the first quarter. In fact, Virginia Tech was had really bottled up Duke for the most part, and then it just seemed like when Duke got it going. It, did, it didn't even take that much, but like when Duke got it going, it just seemed like, I don't want to say Virginia, like I never want to say a group of kids gave up, right? Yeah. But it just did. It did give me sort of those Louisville last year vibes where that's not to say that like, that's not to say that they didn't want to win the game, but like, and that's not to say Duke isn't at least a little bit good, but like to beat them like that. At their house, it felt a little bit like Virginia mm-hmm. Tech was deflated. Whether that may, translated into not trying, I don't know. You know what I mean? I just if I got that vibe a little bit just watching, um, you know, body language and, and the way they played and everything else, it just seemed like they lost some energy.
1: What was most alarming, Lauren? I think when you look at what happened early in the second quarter, when uh, it was it was uh, I believe the first drive that Hinden Hooker was in the game and uh, Tech was leading three zip and. Um, had I think a second and three at their own forty, and I think a little over eleven minutes left. You know, early it was. You know, it was play, plenty of plenty, plenty of time for this thing to play out. And uh, Hooker took a sh- like again, took a shotgun snap, tried to hand off to freshman running back Keyshawn King coming from his right, and they had a fumbled exchange. And Tech or Duke ends up taking over possession, falling on it, and taking over possession. of Tech sixteen. And one play later, Quentin Harris hits Noah Gray and Duke's up seven to three and that's it. I mean, that was it. I mean for after that, it really seemed like for whatever reason Virginia Tech just was playing another game and they just they, they had they had mailed that one in. I don't want to say that entirely but I don't want to say everybody on the field felt that way, but they were it did. There were better better than half the team seemed like, well, that's it. I we're down seven three. Um, let's move on to Miami the next week. It did seem like there was some of that feel and it was not, you weren't even midway through the second quarter and they were down by four points. It was weird, frankly. It was a weird, weird response that, and the fact that there was no response to that to that uh, lost fumble and, and subsequent touchdown by Duke. And that's, thats uh, you know, for, for a team that had as much uh, of the, the grousing from fans about Fuente and the staff potentially losing the locker room with all the transfers and, you know, and some of the issues coming to goings. you know, it, it, to have that kind of th- response in, in, a, in a critical home game, you know, again, this, is, this was a critical two game stretch, Duke and then Miami, a, a team that, that Virginia Tech has beaten an awful lot three consecutive times coming into Friday night's game, and then a, a place where Virginia Tech has not won a whole bunch in the last year. You know, you know, they've lost three of the last four trips down to you going to Miami. This was a big critical two game stretch, and to not respond that way. Or to respond the way they did with basically no response after that Duke touchdown early on,
0: yeah, is sure. beyond. This is going to sound really crazy in regards to Duke and David Cutcliffe. Sometimes when David Cutcliffe gets in a rhythm, you can just kind of see it developing, and it's really fun. And and that one, the one sort of play they ran for that touchdown, the, the little trick play, I was like, okay, he's feeling it. Um, and and I think, and this is going to sound crazy, but for whatever reason, Duke football has been like better on the road to me um, just watching you know they've just been I'm sure statistically this is not backed up but in the ACC especially like they've just been oddly better on the road than they have been at home so I do like Duke this year increasingly especially their last two games middle Tennessee the way they just really took care of business um, and then this game I mean you have to be impressed and but for me I'm 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 reserving a little bit of judgment until I see how they play against Pitt because that game, and we can I'll get more into I'll get more into it later in the week, but that game is completely stupid always. And it always ends up like being in the 50s or 40s for both teams. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh beat Pitt, Duke, and um, I think we'll be ready to have this conversation. Um but I like what I've seen so far. Their defense is really good. They've mostly stayed healthy. They'll they'll get some guys back even. So um, I' I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, I'm cautiously impressed because I've done this with, like this is the power pattern with Duke. That's actually why I thought they would lose because I was like, wow, we think Duke's looking pretty good. They're gonna go to Virginia Tech and lose because that just seems to be the pattern really with both uh, Duke and North Carolina. <laughs> like they're feeling good about themselves. They go face the Hokies and they don't feel so good anymore. But
1: Duke Pittsburgh is fascinating to me. It's like you said, I mean that, that they could have a hundred combined points in the game. Um, it's it's a litmus test for both teams, you know. It's it's, it's a how good are they type game. I mean, it, you know, it's like you know, yes, granted, Duke did look good, like you said, taking care of business against Middle Tennessee State. Uh, they they went on the road at Virginia Tech, which again, like I said, I don't know if it's, if that's in, as impressive a road victory as it used to be. But you you kind of have one of those, you know, who have they beaten type 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 matchups for for Duke, and that's that's a chance to beat a team that's you know really weird i mean beating UCF almost beat Penn State at Penn State and then struggled like hell to beat Ohio and Delaware at home i mean it's just what 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 a what a weird team Narduzzi has up there and and you know now now they get a chance to prove themselves too it's that that to me is just a fascinating matchup
0: yeah they set out Kenny Pickett but you know We'll see. Uh, We'll see next week uh, how how much of a Right. If that was a good idea, because you were wondering in the Delaware game, like, "Um, if he could have played, you might want to put him back out there. (laughs) Um, That gets us to the week's results. Uh, Holy Cross Syracuse was whatever. Syracuse did what it needed to do, although I guess there's some question about how healthy DeVito is um, after that game, which that would not be good. Um, But they've got a week off, so... But they they did what they needed to do. There's really not much to add about what Syracuse did in this game. Um, They had some targeting calls that Dino Babers made a funny comment about and said something about, like, that that happens at Thanksgiving in the backyard and we don't go tell mom and dad or whatever. And I was like, well, at the same time.
1: Dino is awesome, man. I I didn't really have.
0: Dino's the best.
1: Uh, I I don't have much exposure to him beyond what I see um, in, in Charlotte, really, at the ACC football kickoff event, just because they don't. Don't cross over an awful lot with Virginia and Virginia Tech. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 he's a guy that I look forward to seeing every July, just because I know he's always going to have something quirky or something completely unrelated to football that just fascinates. I you.
0: still enjoy um, his breakdown for me of the Game of Thrones finale. Um. <laughs>
1: that was awesome. I'm standing there when he gave you that. You, 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 knew you knew he was going to do that too. I think that's that was. <laughs> I mean, that's right in his wheelhouse. Apparently, I had no idea. Yeah.
0: I, I i did n I did have some yeah advanced knowledge that he is really into game. I did a story like not last year but I think the year it was either the year before or two years ago about um a c c football players and game of Thrones. Daniel Jones was really into Game of Thrones actually. It's really the only thing I could get him to like speak wow um okay you know speak more than like two words about <laughs> okay Fair he enough. was a big aria fan he was team aria, so um uh yeah, but Dino Dino was mad about the targeting and you know, talked about telling mom and dad or whatever, and I was like, "Well, to be fair, like mom and dad were watching. Like, <laughs> no one had to tell mom and dad. Like, literally, the eye in the sky is just is on you." But I thought that was pretty funny. That's really the only noteworthy thing from that game. Oh wow! And then yeah, Delaware Pit Pit won. Woohoo! Wow. Ugh. Yeah. Apparently, Kenny Pickett didn't play. I think at least one of their running backs sat out. But that's you should still. Be able to take care of an FCS team, albeit a usually decent one, but still, that's, that's, that should not be as big of an issue as it was.
1: Virginia Tech has the same type of situation going on. I mean, that, you know, a couple of weeks ago with, with Furman, you know. It
0: was, yeah, with Furman. Yeah.
1: They, they know that situation and, and, and they had everybody playing in that game. So that's, that's the difference. So, yeah, it's a little different. Whoops.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> that should have been a red flag immediately, but, um, like you said, that Pitt's just a weird team, so I don't know that we have to take a lot from that. Oh, Clemson, North Carolina. Well, that didn't go how I thought.
1: <laughs> were you in Chapel Hill for that one? Is that where you? Is that the one you were at this weekend, or did you? I
0: was. I was. Yeah. I thought I would cover uh, the reigning national champs and potentially future ones in person. I I had not seen Trevor Lawrence play in person yet, and I, and I wanted to. See that, and it was an interesting experience, and it wasn't quite what I expected. <laughs>
1: what his deal this year? I, I, I have seen, and I, like I said, I've seen a little bit. Obviously, that you you can flip the tube on any Saturday, but obviously, I'm on the road an awful lot, and we we'll get a chance to see a ton of him. I've seen him in bits and pieces here, here and there. But What's what's what is? Is there some regression, or is there is there some uh, uh, confusion as the the playbook expan- expands a little bit with him? What's what's the deal that's holding him back a little bit, or is is it much to do about nothing? He's fine.
0: Honestly, I, I wish I could still, I wish I could answer that question after seeing him. He makes some throws that you just are like, dude, like how it, that he makes some throws that are absolutely insane. And you immediately are like, okay, I get it. I get, I get all the hype around him because he makes it look so easy sometimes, but then he's sometimes throwing it to places that you're like, what are you doing? Like, how did you overthrow this guy so much? Like, you had a guy running wide open and you have these wide receivers that are going to win almost any one-on-one matchup, especially Carolina was down their tallest corner. Like they should have won any one-on-one matchup they could get, but they couldn't really get some of those. I credit some of that to Jay Bateman. I think he did a good job. Carolina's defensive coordinator, Um, really confusing and frustrating Clemson. He got them into like five false starts, which I mean, while it was a sellout in Keenan, it wasn't exactly attributable. I don't think entirely to Carolina's raucous environment. Mm -hmm. I think it was, you know, the defense confusing Uh, Clemson's offensive line a lot I think there was just some general like frustration and confusion with him I don't know if it's time to be worried about Trevor Lawrence um because he just does some things that are stupidly good but yeah I I, it's it definitely was it was almost frustrating to watch because it was like he would do something that was so absurdly awesome one play and then the next play he would just overthrow a dude running wide open in some way I compared it to um healthy Cam Newton a little bit um it's not quite the same type of experience but it is a little bit in that he will make a throw sometimes or do something with his legs that you're just like how did you just do that no other human can do that and then he would overthrow an open guy so it was a little bit like that for me and I don't really know what it is Clemson does tend to start a little slow I feel like season by season and maybe Trevor is just an extension of that but oh boy 21 20 um they get the win over North Carolina but yeah um
1: I guess people would look at that as a little bit, you know, back in the old days, should I say, back in the old days of the ACC. And by that, I mean like, what, three or four or five years ago. It, you, people might have looked at this as a trap, a little bit of a trap game only because, you know, it's before Florida State and, you know, it, that, that was such a marquee matchup. And but I don't know if that, that doesn't apply anymore. You know, there's no there's no application for that anymore, considering especially there's a – you know, I, I know there's an open week on the schedule between but for for both teams, so I, I, it's 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 odd that that would be the game that Clemson would struggle would struggle in based on how things had gone going into that. You know, I mean for for both programs, it just you know uh, here's what here's UNC coming off the loss to App and and a like, good a good App State team. Don't get me wrong, but but uh, and 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 now you know. Clemson starting yeah, to build yeah. some momentum and, uh, you know, to, for that to happen. But then again, it's, you know, as I was sort of studying the ACC over the past couple days, that there's not a single team that you can't, there is, there's, I mean, every team that you think is quality or has a chance to make some noise, there is something head scratchingly wrong about them. Every single one of them. I mean, it's, you know, you know, even Wake, you know, Wake, Wake, which I, I love, and I knew, I've had a feeling coming into this season that they were going to be uh, better than, than most people had them pegged. I had them pegged for third in the in the, in the, in the Atlantic, and I thought they had a chance to, to, to rival Syracuse for, for second, and now it's I think it's pretty clear that Wake is the second best team in the Atlantic, if not the entire conference, but, you know, they've won three games by six points or less. You know, it's not as if this is an incredibly dominant 5-0 and team, and of course, FSU had its out of body experience against Louisiana Monroe, and they, you know, the, the Seminoles seem to be uh, back on track. BC had the Kansas moment, and now they're not as good as we thought maybe they might have been when they beat Virginia Tech to start this season because Virginia Tech sucks. And you know, NC State's got what two seventeen point losses mm-hmm. away from home, and they can't win away from Carter Finley and Syracuse gets crushed by Maryland and UVA is down 17 zip against ODU. And it's like, you know, there's no, no, nobody is a, is a, you know, and, 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 you know, Clemson's problems that in Chapel Hill, there isn't a single team that you can look at and say, yeah, those guys are clearly the, you know, that's, well, we'll obviously Clemson is, is, is the class of the conference, but there's not anybody you can say it's just indomitable Yeah. I,
0: I, I think Clemson stuff is fixable. Um, Somewhat, because they yeah. do certainly have more talent than everybody else, but I, that offensive line concerning yeah. though. No, like I so. it's it's a con- it's a cause for concern for me for sure because like the defense though, and that's been a surprise to me. Like their defense lost so much, and the offense was loaded, and really to me the offense has been the thing that's been slow out of the gate, and that's something that the Clemson beat writers were telling me as well. That's been the surprise for them is that the offense has been a little slow starting. Mm-hmm game after game and just not quite clicking the way we we thought it would. And the defense has actually been better than they expected it to be considering what they lost. And I would agree with that after a little bit of a rough start for Carolina or yeah. against Carolina, like Clemson's defense really settled in and was pretty dominant the rest of the way until like the very yeah. end of the game. And and the, the offense never really quite got it going on the flip side. Um, I will say though, Carolina is a weird team. Like you said, they, it, this does sort of fit their pattern in the sense that um, basically like the, Name the quote unquote name teams. Right. And I guess you would throw South Carolina into that mix for North Carolina's purposes. um, They have showed up and generally played pretty well against uh, at least better than a lot of us expected. Um, South Carolina, Miami and Clemson. And then the the teams that aren't as quote unquote household names, uh, Wake and and then Appalachian, not so much. And um, yeah. I, I don't it, like Mike Brown was saying like he was like we're not good enough to do that against anybody like and he was stressing to them all week like hey you know it's not the team that is the better team that will always win it's the team that plays the best on that day and I think that's sort of the mindset they took into the Clemson game was like you know they knew they knew they weren't the better team and I kind of respected that because sometimes you know coaches will try to hype their guys up and be like we're the better team and it's like they understand that they're not the better team like they're not dumb. Like, <laughs> they know they'll have to play really well to beat a team that's better than them. Um, and that's also why Mac went for two at the end instead of um, going to overtime when they scored that touchdown. I was okay with it, personally. Um, I understand some people weren't. Um, you're at home. I guess the old adage is if you're at home, you play for overtime. But to me, I think especially on Clems- Clemson's last drive, they looked really good. I know there was a bust in coverage, and, like, that's what allowed the touchdown. But at the same time, you were starting to feel like, okay, if Clemson gets the ball again, they're going to score. and. This is gonna be a wrap. So um and they're gonna keep scoring in overtime. That was kind of the feeling I was getting too. And he said the defense was kind of banged up. So I, I had no problem with it. Um, but I I am always pretty bullish on coaches doing something aggressive and going for the sure. win as opposed to the opposite. Yeah, I was so. too. I
1: thought that was a fine, fine plan. The, the obviously the play calling made me lack there, but um they well, UNC looks like they got something with that Sam Howe kid. I mean, I I have seen, you know, little glimpses of him here and there, but Eleven touchdowns, two two picks here early on. That's it's pretty encouraging, oh, yeah. obviously, based on who he's played too. Uh, and and um, you, you may not
0: he gives zero Fs, so to speak. Like that dude, yeah. he threw a touchdown pass and then talked uh, talked a little trash to Xavier Xavier Thomas, I believe. Cle- like Clemson's best. Defensive Wait, you like to see
1: that from your 18 year old quarterback, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. here's. And here's a weird. It's
0: crazy. No, it was it, crazy. Like, it,
1: here's a weird twist for UNC. They've got a chance to get right on the road in the ACC in the next few weeks. I mean, with 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 totally winnable games at Georgia Tech and at Virginia Tech. You know, which is now zero and two in ACC play. It's the first time Virginia Tech's been zero and two in in either Big East or ACC play. Um,
0: oh wow! Where, I didn't know Big East was thrown oh, in there. Yeah, games. we. we,
1: we we, we, we can't go back to Southern Conference days because there were 38 teams in the Southern Conference back then. And I don't think we really even are sure who was in the Southern Conference back then. But so we we weren't able to check back to those days. But yeah, it was definitely all, all Big East and ACC years concluded. So. But uh, so, yeah, UNC's got a chance to, to actually get right on the on the ACC road here, which is an odd thing to say. Well,
0: Virginia Tech is is one of those teams that, like I said, the triangle teams have stumbled so often against that Virginia, like even during the Virginia Tech-Duke game, there were Carolina fans and my mentions like, oh, they're going to look so much better against us. <laughs> they're just so traumatized by the Hokies. Like,
1: that's where they wake up, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I, th- I think Ryan Willis, yeah, he had his best passer rating of his career at Duke last year. Um, that
1: makes sense. That, that, seems, that, that sure. seems about right. Yeah.
0: When Duke's defense was still healthy and like still playing pretty well. So go figure. Um, yeah. I, I, Carolina is, that's a must win for them next week at Georgia tech. Like there's literally no reason they should lose that game, um, which means they, they might, who knows? Like, <laughs> We'll see if they decide to play a different kind of game this time around though, where, where like they, they don't have to wait till the fourth quarter to do something magical. If they have to wait till the fourth quarter, uh welp that's not going to be good because Georgia Tech Temple oh boy um well
1: i confess i didn't i didn't see a single minute of it not not going to lie to you didn't 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 see a minute of it's it
0: it's fine um i the only part of it i saw was a highlight or not so much if you georgia tech of a georgia tech player look like looking like he was about to run it in the end zone and then he fumbles at the goal line and it and it goes right into the hands of a temple defender so yeah that that about sums it up. Um, it's going to be a rough year for Georgia Tech. Just that's there's really nothing to. Add. We all knew that
1: though, you know. Jeff Collins knew that too. I mean, it's just, I mean, this is you're 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 truly reinventing the wheel there. You know, it's just there's nothing. You know, it's he doesn't give him give him two or three years to get players in there that that match what he's trying to do, then then you know come back and visit. But it's it is going to be ugly for a little while. Yeah.
0: Hey, they scored. Um, even though the defense scored, but that's fine. It still counts. I love a good 24 to 2 game. Like, you never see a game end with a team having just two. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's
1: like, right. It's like the Houston Astros went nuts against the Detroit Tigers (sighs) or something. Yeah, it's not
0: great. Um, You mentioned Wake a little bit earlier, Wake Boston College. I'm with you on Wake. Um, I liked them coming into the year, but my issue was just the rest of the division that I thought would still be. Pretty strong, I thought Boston College would be a little bit better. um, I thought Louisville would at least be competent now and i and I just the level of talent at wake is not always enough to um to sort of be like markedly better than all of those teams if that makes sense and And yet, like, here we are, and I think that they are, except for then they play with their food at Boston I was mad at – I don't know who I was more mad at, Wake or Boston College, like, watching that game transpire and, like, the way the box score was shaking out. Because I'm like, Wake, I believed in you. I have been talking you up. Boston College lost at home to Kansas and gave up 48 points. Like, A, Boston College, you don't get to try anymore, okay, after that. Sorry, we're done here. And B, like, Wake, come on. Like, your offense is so good – and Jamie Newman ended up having a pretty good day. But for a while, he was really on the struggle bus. But he, he sort of came back and settled in. He ran it 23 times. My God.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, he got a lot of lot of work done on the ground in that one. So, because I think he was under duress a little bit, too. And I, I know a lot of those were called, called runs, but... Um, Boston College, you don't get to try
0: now. Like, why are you trying now defensively? Where was that against Kansas? Are you serious? God. It's just... I still like Wake, but this is sort of proof that, like, you know, they, they can't just, as the old adage goes, roll the ball out and expect, uh, you know, expect to win. And I don't think that they were doing that necessarily, but I'm sure. Look, what the, the Boston College they saw in that game was clearly not the Boston College that Boston College has been putting on tape. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know what that. Steve Adazio's in save his job mode, which I think will make some things interesting down the stretch here in the division. Like, it could. I mean, they showed up
1: to me, and this is this is going to sound weird just based on how his career started at uh, at Boston College as the offensive coordinator. But man, Boston College seems to miss Scott Leffler of all people. the offensive coordinator, of course, who was the former Virginia Tech offensive coordinator and really started to get things going there last year before he took off and left for that peach of a job at Bowling Green, you know that the, the, the become the head coach at at, at Bowling Green. so. You really can't. can you? I mean, that's that's the kind of job that I I know I'm getting deep into the woods with Virginia Tech stuff here. But, uh, you know, that's the kind of job that uh, old Bud Foster 10, 15 years ago, Bud Foster would have called that, quote, in in print, he would have referred to that as, quote, a coach killer. You
0: can't turn that. So, uh,
1: (laughs) yes, it is. It is true. It's 100 percent true. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, shoot, that's. That's a that's a that's an element I think that they're missing this year because he finally had some pieces there, and uh, you know, obviously with AJ Dillon, you know, he's got one of the best running backs in the nation. And even despite BC's troubles this year and and an offensive line that's not as good as it has been, uh, he he, AJ Dillon, again is one of the nation's leading rushers. So that it's not as if they're BC's unwatchable, but uh, yeah, you are right; they've had enough. They've had enough results thus far that that Kansas. Uh, result being the most glaring where you say, yeah, but why are you,
0: why are you trying so hard at this point? What's the deal? You're, you're, you, you decided you really were going to be, be f- bad.
1: Yeah. You've clearly proven what you are. And it's not good.
0: Yeah. Um, it's worth mentioning too. And I saw this being referred to in my timeline a little bit too, that you remember Boston college had the up and comer at uh, offensive coordinator, like back in 2013, 2014, when Steve Adazio, I think was in his you know early, tenure at B.C., Ryan Day was their offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. And I think there is an element of sadness there that, like, because I remember even thinking when I saw him, they came up to NC State and he had a really nice game plan. And I remember thinking, like, this dude is really good and he's really going places because Boston College's offense does not often look like this. And... You know he was doing some really interesting things, and I think there's some you know sadness from the BC fan perspective of like, well, I wish we would have offered him something or whatever. But it is what it is. I mean that you, you can't go back on that. He spent a couple years in the NFL before he came back to Ohio State. Came to Ohio State, and the rest is history. Now he's at Ohio State.
1: Clearly had a goal in mind. Yeah, you know, to get back to Columbus at some point.
0: Virginia, Notre Dame. I know you don't make it to Virginia very much, but. um, yeah, I was I was impressed with Virginia at the end of the day. Um, I if they had gone there and and lost by you know twenty some, I wouldn't have been all that surprised. Um, but that's not really what happened. It was still a game late. Um, but Bryce Perkins can't survive this. I, I don't.
1: I was just gonna say they got to keep him upright. I mean, eight sacks you know, is too many. Yeah, you know, eight sacks is too many, especially for a guy that's. Um, this is not a mystery to them. It's not a mystery to them that this is not quite the Bryce Perkins that is that was that was quite as mobile as he was last year. I mean, this is a guy that's wearing a knee brace now, and, he, and he's you know it's that doesn't sound, that may not sound like much, but he wasn't last year. This is, and he's talked about how it's cumbersome for him. It's not you know it's not exactly the, uh you know it's not natural for him to wear that kind of thing, and he's obviously. You, you 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 think about something as maybe as mundane as that changing a guy's approach and it it has it's it's something that's that's a little little uh a little difficult for him to deal with and because of that they're going to have to protect him a little better i mean he's going to stay in the pocket a little bit longer and um and i think part of that is just the maturation of trying to the maturate natural maturation of a quarterback trying to become more of a pocket passer and show his arm off a little bit more with some with some downfield weapons but um you know yeah they've they've got to keep them upright a little bit better and and uh granted they're, they're playing one of the better pass rushers they'll see all season long in that game but um That's 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 definitely a
0: concern. Yeah, I'm looking at the box score. Bryce Perkins threw 43 times and ran it 16 times. They only had that's 59 plays by my count. They ran 72. Like they're just basically asking Bryce Perkins to do everything. And I love Bryce Perkins, but you know he's only one person. You know he he needs some help. Um, send help, Virginia. But I've been impressed with Virginia so far, the Old Dominion game notwithstanding. Um, and I'll give them a little bit of a pass for that because again, they looked. Pretty solid, all things considered, throughout most of the Notre Dame game. And a lot, of the, a lot of what Notre Dame did came off of, you know, strip sacks and whatnot. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm impressed. 343 yards allowed to Notre Dame is, is certainly not that bad for the Virginia defense. So um, I'm still pretty impressed with them. I'm still sort of mixed about who the, who the next best team is in the ACC. Not that it matters. And we'll, we'll get, I think we'll get to that a little bit at the end.
1: Yeah, what what did you just real real quickly before what did you do with your rankings with Virginia and Wake uh, in, in A- I A-
0: ended up I think I left Wake where they were just because everybody else around them either didn't play or didn't do that much else, you know, enough to impress me. I had Wake at nineteen and Virginia at twenty two and that's exactly where I had them the week before. So <laughs> um yeah. It's just I, I moved some teams in, like I moved I Oklahoma State in right. at twenty one. Um but not a whole lot, actually. I didn't really move a whole lot of teams in this week. Right. Um, just, yeah. it, and, and if I did, it was just by default. Like, it was just like, well, I'm not keeping you in. Like, sorry, Texas A&M, not keeping you in. Right.
1: That was, that was my feeling on A&M a few weeks ago, too. And I've, I've got them just outside my top 25. I
0: mean, and- they, might, they might get back in, but, like, I'm not keeping, like, just because you have good losses doesn't mean I'm going to put you in. Yeah. Yeah. They're just outside for me as well, but it's like, sorry, you know, and I'm not even sure that they're. And then they mess around with Arkansas. Like, I know they won, but it's like, all right, you know, I, w- I almost dropped them out the week before, but I was like, okay, I'll, I'll keep them in, mm-hmm. you know. But then this week, nope, they're out. So, yeah,
1: I, I, I uh, put Wake in my top 25 this week. I didn't have him in there. And that was one of those teams where I probably looked at him and I felt like this week, you know, uh, even though the. Three point win at BC obviously is not something to, to, to write home about, but you, you know, I, I I felt like once once they won that game, I thought that was one of those teams. And after last week, when I filed that poll on Sunday, I thought, you know what, I'm probably I'm 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 probably missing the bow with Wake. I mean, I I had a number twenty six last week, and even at that point, I thought that should have been in the top twenty five. After after I filed the poll, that was one of those sort of regretful moments. And, Oh, I got to wait a week, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So but so I, I debuted them at 20 this week because it was just sort of, a, again, a team that I felt like I'd sort of underrated uh, a little bit going in, considering especially considering I like them. I don't, you know, my mind's a weird place. But um, I
0: hear you. I, I was like that with SMU actually this week where I was like, man, I should have put them in ahead of like Colorado, but I didn't. That's
1: my that's my replacement. Uh, man, what am I doing with these guys' team this week for, for Wake? You know, I had them. That was that team last week for me, and SMU is that team for me this week. And I, I also you Arizona State this week, too. I got them to pick number 21. But uh, that that's more a product of the fact that they've beaten two teams that are in my top 25 now. I mean, they've beaten, you know, Michigan State and, and, and California now, I believe. So, you know, it's... That, that, that to me felt like you know I, I needed to get
0: those. By the cards. way, and this is we can move on because I you know not to get too inside our poll voting, but like it's it's yeah, no it's fine. But I, the the funniest thing to me always is like the teams that complain about their ranking the most. At least I don't know if you've had this experience. Oh my goodness! It's go always ahead. the fringe teams. Like it's never like the teams in the top fifteen or so. It's always the teams that are like barely into the. Lauren, I never see it
1: coming. I never see it coming. I, I it's such a fun little like oh, what's in this chocolate you know, piece of candy this week, like which one is going to go crazy? Because I, I never know. I don't have a clue who it's going to be. It was
0: Colorado for me last week. And I regret letting them, I regret letting them get to me, but they were like, and I felt bad. I was like, wait, did I miss something with Colorado? And I was like, okay, they do have some good wins, but they lost to Air Force. Like, I'm sorry. I'm good. You know, and then, but then like this past week, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to put them in there now. Like they do have two really nice wins. Um Okay. You know, I they, they ground me down, but now I'm like, I wish I'd put SMU in there, but
1: whatever. I love the approach that some that the fan various fan bases take too, because it's, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting study, social media study, I think, on on the different kinds of people that that. Uh, well, first of all, they're fans and are on social media. That's the type of fan you're talking about here, obviously. So, well, I, I remember a couple of years ago when I was uh, doing the, uh, the the AP poll, the college basketball AP poll, Purdue fans. Purdue fans would just go nuts about being ranked in my poll number 18 instead of number 13 and like week three of the season is November. It's like, dude, don't you? I mean, seriously, isn't there a fall festival or something you can be getting to right now or you know, a Boilermaker at a at a, you know, the local core pub that you got to get I, I, something. I, it's it's weird that that's that's the, that's the group that that really, really had it out for me for a few weeks this season. Central Florida fans went berserk early on, even though I tried to make the argument to them, like, guys, I have your team ranked better than pretty much all but five voters in this whole poll, poll right now. Like, are you just complaining to complain? Is that the deal? And as it turns out, they all kind of vanished after the pit loss, of course. But this past week, they're so... Appalachian State or App- App- Appalachian State people started Appalachian State people started to come out of woodwork and really, really get on me about okay, start to pay attention a little bit. And here's a here's a little here's a, here's a story that I'd like you to read about about the Mountaineers. And hey, here's another cool thing that that Coach Drinkwich said. You know, I and and it's it's so they're so sweet. They're very sweet and, and sort of nurturing fans about about how they do this and how they approach it instead of the clubbing you over the head like a baby seal like what the hell are you doing why don't you have us in the top 25 they're very constructive and i appreciate that about the mountaineers fans i you know i I don't know if it's going to get them close to the top 25 but they're they're knocking on the door as it is anyway i think probably for both of us
0: yeah i um i have them in mind i've had them in mind for basically since they beat north carolina i actually dropped them out of my poll um when they did what they did against charlotte because i was like uh gross but um i i've I, I gave them a little more benefit of the doubt coming into the season after what they did last year um and i get that some people didn't i have no problem with that but that's just where i was coming from you know what they were like a 11, 11 win team returning a lot i know they had a new coach but i was like look i'm gonna give them a little i'd rather rank them than some like mediocre p5 team that's kind of my mindset on it. <laughs> yeah i have a man mm-hmm. um well they they've been like tweeting me too and i'm like hey I have ranked you please stay out of my mentions, but yeah, I'm with you. The, the nice approach is always better. Um, you know, uh, Kentucky fans, surprisingly, were one of the nicest groups I ever dealt with. Um, where they were like, Hey, you know, do you mind if we ask why you didn't rank us? And I was like, Oh, sure. Wow. Yeah, like that's, I know, exactly. Like for, for, for football, I should specify. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, I, I, it's, it, that's always the way to go if you're listening to this and ever want to add an AP voter. Just like, don't come at us and be like, you're an idiot. Why don't you have us here? How do you have us below? Just ask us. And, you know, there are times where I might say, hey, you make a good argument. Like, I'll keep that in Absolutely. mind. Absolutely, that's the you same. Know? I'm
1: the same way. I I, I will always have a, I don't mind having interactions with the folks that come at me with that sort of, you know, aggressive, you know, why did you screw this up the way that you screwed it up way or or I'm
0: way I'm way likelier to ignore you if you come at me strong, honestly.
1: That's the difference because I, I will I will interact with those folks sometimes, but I'm in troll mode. I am automatically in troll mode. I mean that's not there's no – if you're going to come at me like that, then that's how – that's what you're going to get back is, is you know, troll norm. Yeah. It's not and, – and that comes out during football sometimes when, you know, during games when it gets ugly and fans are getting particularly gruesome on Twitter. That's when troll norm will come out sometimes too, but it's – it is far more constructive if you come at me, like you said, with a, with a, with a well-founded argument or, Hey, here's some evidence as to why we should be ranked better or ranked at all. And then you can have a, an actual give and take dialogue about why I didn't rank them or why I did and why I put them where they are and that kind of thing. It just seems, you know, there's a cause and effect for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but anyway, uh, sorry. I don't so, know how we got
1: off out of that in the woods.
0: That's fine. That. Uh, my producer may or may not leave that in. Who knows? Um, <laughs> let's get to um, the last game of the day before we get to our our quick um, ACC butt rankings. Yeah. Um, with a with a nod and, and affection in respect to uh, the key play, Virginia yeah. Tech. <laughs> um, Virginia Tech's uh, uh, Twitter account. I know the guy in real life, so like I can't just say he's just a Twitter account. But um, they cover Virginia Tech as well. But they he he likes to talk about butt a lot which who doesn't Um, it's just a fun little way to express our affection or lack thereof about the teams in this league. But uh, NC state at Florida state. um, I was not surprised by the result of that game. And you want to talk about quarterback issues. NC state has plenty of them. And I guess Florida state has maybe a quarterback controversy Mm -hmm. of its own right now with the way Alex Hornibrook has been playing, even though NC state did sack him. um, I believe eight times was the final number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, a healthy James Blackman can get around some of that. And they've been able to hide their offensive line a little bit better with James Blackman being a little bit more mobile than Alex Hornibrook. Um, but he still had 316 yards passing. Um, State did a good job against the run, honestly. Like they just, they're, But State's D-line isn't the issue. I think their secondary right now is still a little bit of a concern. And um, the defense did what it needed to do, though, for most of that game. Just the offense can't do much of anything, and they're still trying to figure out which quarterback um they should go with and state fans are, are kind of done with Matthew McKay right now and ready to see the Bailey Hawkman and or Devin Leary show. Um and I think that's probably where they're gonna be headed after this, honestly.
1: Is this gonna be is this just not a good and, and again, I, I granted I'm, I it's it's part of you know who they played and, and the position I think at the time of year that they played them too. But is this just going to be a state team that's not particularly good on the road? I mean, I know you're a couple games in, but you got yeah, a couple games, I guess, on the horizon later on. I think I can't remember if Wake is in November, and I think it's early November.
0: Georgia Tech's in November for them, so that'll be the real test,
1: right? Oh. And, but they they head to BC and then they had to Wake, and clearly the
0: problem is they're not that great at home either, because the teams they beat at home are Western Carolina and East Carolina, um, and Ball State. But even the Ball State game was a little bit of an adventure.
1: That was dicey. That was yeah, exactly. It was completely within.
0: Yeah, they haven't really beaten anybody of substance right now. Um this was supposed to be a rebuild year especially offensively, but and and the defense finally showed up in a way that I was actually impressed with, you know, on Saturday because the, they haven't played that well and I was I've been waiting for that. Um but the you know, it's a, it, it, I've been trying to explain this to state people like they might just need to accept that they're not going to be that good offensively this year. Like that's just might be where you know can't have the can't have an NFL quarterback every year and I think they don't necessarily want that but they've been frustrated that Matt McKay can't really stretch the field hasn't been super accurate um Dave Doran likes him cuz he doesn't turn it over and he can get them into their offensive sets and everything whereas the other quarterbacks aren't quite as good at that but it's gotten to the point where you know they needed to go in a different direction and I guess that's what they'll do but eesh, it's not great Yeah no that's true I, I maybe that was just like not entirely who knows maybe that wasn't entirely true or maybe it was and but i don't know um i i love i love james blackman though i don't mind saying it i hope he i hope he comes back i enjoy watching him play and willie willie taggart seems to have righted his ship a little bit so um <laughs> good on now justin fuente is the one whose ship is on fire tech,
1: i hate to tell tech fans this but i don't think they're going to get an answer for that this year it's it's almost cost prohibitive to, to get rid of him at this point i mean the guy's under contract for 2024 and um, the buyout this year is 15 million dollars it was 15 million last year it's gonna be 12 this year it's going to be 10 million in 2021 I mean they're in a bad spot I mean it's 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 money that tech really doesn't have right now either because they've got so much money wrapped up in debt service for for other projects they have going on right now and um, it's 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 a tough spot for, for tech I mean they're um, you know it's I, I don't I don't I, and barring just complete and utter disaster the rest of the way, I you know I don't I, they're they're the, the the faction of fans that once Justin Fuente gone is I think is going to be uh, upset because I think they're going to see him again next year.
0: Well, maybe it'll end up being like last year at North Carolina where the boosters were like, okay, we're going to pay this buyout, but y'all need to hire the specific person that we want you to hire, and that person ended up being back Brown. So.
1: <laughs> right. Well, it'll have to be somebody inexpensive. That's maybe for Frank sure, Beamer will I'll come back track. for like a
0: year. You know? <laughs>
1: right. right. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get all the
0: old retired coaches back at it. Why not? Uh,
1: get the band back sure, together again. Sure.
0: Um, I did want to kind of. This was actually surprisingly difficult for me to do, but I did. I made like a, who's the most butt team in the ACC and who is the least, like a like a power ranking yeah. type thing, or I guess like opposite of power ranking. Yes, really?
1: that's exactly what it is. Bizarre. Um,
0: my most right, my most butt team is still Boston College because of the Kansas loss, and because they shouldn't be like this, and yet they are like this. And I'm 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 even bumping them ahead of Georgia Tech in that regard because like you should you can't lose to Kansas. Like at least Georgia Tech has an excuse. You don't have yeah, an so they're my most butt. I don't know. I was just you.
1: gonna say the level of butt in Atlanta right now. Still have to go
0: Georgia Tech. Off I get the it.
1: Scale. I mean, it's just that. But but it, it, it's not surprising. But it's it's expected. But right, and, <laughs> it's very high. Right. So they, do they get some credit for that? I, didn't, I don't know. You do, you do you get credit for living up to your level of but?
0: Hey, look, they have a p. They have an FBS win. So there's they that. Do.
1: They They have an FPS win, and they handled. They handled. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you. Hmm. The, the Citadel game to me though, is the one that stands out the most. It's, it's, just, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. I still think,
0: I think them losing to Citadel is more excusable than Boston college losing to Kansas.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, given Kansas history, you, you, you probably have a lot of people backing up on that, but, um, I don't know. I, I my, my bottom level, but I don't know if that's, that sounds, is that <laughs> where we're going to go? Base basement floor, but that sounds even worse. Um, that sounds like a totally different podcast um, the, the the bottom of the barrel butt is Georgia Tech for me so
0: yeah that's fine. Uh, who's next for you then Virginia awesome Tech. oh wow I have I have Virginia Tech third in my butt yeah. rankings um, so they're right there you know they still have I mean, work we're, to do
1: We're at historically <laughs> bad levels though for Virginia Tech now I mean worst home loss in 45 years uh, worst home conference loss. In sixty-nine years since nineteen fifty, when they lost fifty-four to nothing in that thriller against William and Mary, um, so I don't. And, and the O and, like I said, we already covered the O and two start in, in the conference, and it's just again.
0: I mean, it's fair head to head, head to head, like BC yes, did get the win. That too.
1: That was because that was that was the next year so. involved. So yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: That's your next level, but. That's three. Okay. Uh,
1: And then then BC. So
0: that's one, two, three for you, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, Four for me is NC State. (laughs) I'm probably too close to it, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, State. I just like it's just because, like, literally, who they've beaten is they struggle with Ball State, they beat a bad ECU, and they beat a bad, like, a real bad, even for FCS Western Carolina. And everything else has just been not great. We'll see if their defense plays better like they have been. i I will move them down my butt rankings, but right now that's where I got them. Do I go um
1: do I go with Syracuse here only because they're not I mean it, 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 they're nowhere near as good as everybody thought they were going to be. I mean and they haven't been. And and, and I get it they're coming off a 41 to 3 win, but who cares? It's holy cross. Um it would be a surprise butt pick there. It's
0: It's I would I would allow it. It's fine. It is. A st- I have them way, lo- way lower in my butt rankings, but yeah.
1: Um, like the, to me, the the Maryland loss just resonates even more to me, and the way they lost that yeah. game only because of how bad Maryland's been since.
0: All right, well, that's fair. Um, I went at five with Miami, um, and I hate that because I love. I, I kind of fell in love with them a little bit this year, um. And I just but like Manny Diaz had to like shut down practice the other day because they, they weren't doing what he wanted them to do. And I, and that offensive line is just so, so bad. I do really like Jaron Williams a lot and I like their defense, but I have to go with Miami and I hate that. That's but the that's only thing
1: I would say about Miami is that you, you mentioned the fact that they're playing well defensively and that I think that 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 saves them in a way, um, and, and that doesn't excuse the fact that they looked God awful in the opener against Florida and, and the loss at, 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 UNC right after that sort of got them headed the wrong direction right away. And uh, we still don't know if they're any good, um, and, and, and may not know for until I guess what the, the middle of October when they play UVA, um, but uh, I think at least uh, that's they, they got a little bit of a FSU factor there, where they're starting to get things headed the right direction after a horrific start, and and at least they can fall back on the defensive side of things a little bit as far as uh, trying to right the ship. So, um, it, I mean, they're younger that's on the tough. offensive side too, as far as the, the skill spot is concerned, and um, I, I don't know. To me, I'll I guess after. I'll, I'll, I'll slide the I'll slide the wolf back in there for, for my next butt spot.
0: You actually inspired me to move Syracuse up to six um, for my butt because I had forgotten that they haven't really, I mean, like the Liberty game even was gross for them. Um, they just haven't really any, and they, you know, they struggle with one of the directional Michigans and uh, they haven't really done a whole lot. And the Maryland thing was bad enough.
1: I mean, again, what do they give them? What, 35, 30, 34, 30, what is it? 52 33. Is that what it was against Western? Western Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 50s in
0: the three. That's not
1: good. That's a lot of points. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, last year was a similar type of game, but they were better. They had proven more by that point last year. So, yeah, that's who I have at six. Um,
1: Is that where I'm at? I'm six. Um, six. Okay.
0: Uh. Uh, Seven for me, I've got Florida State. Um, I had had Syracuse like below them in my rankings initially but look Florida State looks pretty good right now like it looks like they're kind of getting things right slowly but surely um, they were pr- they would have been way higher in my butt rankings earlier in the season but they have they've dropped down in the butt rankings and good for them um, they're, they seem to be getting things right the way they played at Virginia I was like that's either going to be like their last gasp and they're going to just sort of stop trying or they're going to turn that into something good and I think they've turned it into something good so yeah we'll we'll talk
1: a lot about FSU obviously in the in the in the coming weeks with with uh, I mean, with Clemson and Wake coming up here next on the schedule, they get an off week too to to get ready for for Clemson. So you'll you'll know everything you need to know about about Florida State by that third week in in uh, in in uh, October. So uh, that they they slide in also at the number seven spot for me. And I agree with you; that's a team that you know was probably number one early on. You know, in the first couple of weeks um, uh, after the loss to, to to State, which was essentially a home game, and then the uh, disaster against Louisiana or near disaster against Louisiana Monroe. So um, yeah, but moving up, moving up uh, to, to middle of the pack for, for Florida State.
0: At eight, I've got Louisville just, they've been way better than I expected them to be. They look competent. I know that FSU beat Louisville, but obviously like, we all have full context here of knowing like uh, where these programs are coming from. So yeah, Louisville for me is eight. I've been impressed with how they've looked under Scott Satterfield.
1: Does this still count as butt rankings if you get into the top half of the conference now? I mean, are they?
0: I mean, um, I think so because like there's plenty of buttness still happening here in the you know?
1: ACC in general. Sure. Yes. It's yeah. True. yeah.
0: Like Louisville still looks a little buddy. Um, <laughs> they they're probably like the most positive, you know story in the acc though this year so far i would say
1: oh for sure yes i mean especially i I think uh i I guess you could say improvement from the defensive side of things i mean that's that's hard to say when you're you know giving up what 35 points against florida state you know uh this past weekend but i mean you know this is this is a team that that and if I remember correctly in that in that opener against Notre dame was it weren't they were they up?
0: they were right there yeah, in they were it. up at yeah. the half weren't they or were
1: they were they just
0: i think they yeah. were they was it was they were either up or it was like tied or something like that it was a close game yeah. though they 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 played a competitive the
1: memory of that lingers a little bit for me too so yeah I'll, I'll I'll slide them in there too at that spot i think i think i think our, i think okay, our top cool. six here top five is gonna be a little different,
0: yeah. Well, bo- bottom six, I guess. Yeah. But either way, you right. want to look at it. Yeah. Um. I have UNC at nine. Um. I'm docking them a little bit because of you know the the way they started those games, at least against like App and and Wake Forest, um, especially at Wake. Like the way they started that game was was very bad. Um, and so yeah, I'm docking them a little bit for that. But they've got some nice wins this year, and they could just as easily be zero and five as they could be five and zero. But they're two and three, and They have some things to like, and they're you know playing better. They they have a lot of confidence in themselves. I'm intrigued by. It's interesting to see like Mac Brown coaching the way he is because it's like he knows he's not going to get fired. And so I had that thought like when they keep going for it on these fourth downs and you know he's going for two and everything else of like yeah I'm watching a coach coach right now and really you could make the same argument about David Cutcliffe at Duke. Those are two coaches in the triangle out of the three that they don't have to worry about getting fired. Like they just don't. And it's nice to watch. It's fun to watch coaches coach that way, not having to worry about getting fired. Yeah,
1: no, I put them there too, um, just because I feel like you know this is this is it's a fun team to watch. I think all of a sudden because they got a little bit of a run game, dude, too. I mean, it's you know it's they, I mean they got nice three headed attack back there, and um, I guess um, w- with Williams and Carter, Javante, variety of course. Um, so. That, to me, is impressive, and, and I think the fact that there's also some upward trend with those guys, even though they've lost three in a row, but you look at the schedule and the way it pans out, this is a team that could very easily be four and three here in a couple of weeks, um, you know, with, with Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech on their horizon. So um, Coming off the one-point loss to, to Clemson, which which is a momentum builder in an odd way, um, and uh, heading into to, to where they're headed with, with Georgia Tech and, and Virginia Tech, even though they're on the road, um, to, to to me, that's that's a that's a team that um has a lot of upward mobility, the, the chance to to to, to get above five hundred and maybe. Yeah, straight
0: it's out. it's going to be an upward climb to a bull for them, but I think that I th- I think as of right now, I think they'll get there. And at the beginning of the year, if you told me they were getting to a bull, I would have said you were crazy. So, uh, yeah, I was just gonna move on to Pit at number ten in my butt rankings, and I wish I could have them a little higher, but I can't based on everything they've accomplished so far um and even even the Penn State loss like they looked great I think they finally have Pat Narduzzi's defense that he wants to have so I got him at 10.
1: This is very dicey because I want to I want to put Pitt there but in and having just seen Duke, this might be surprising but I think I put Duke there only because I don't know how good they are and I don't know who they've, they 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 really haven't beat anybody yet they've looked good in all three of their wins granted but you know we're Talking a and Middle Tennessee and tech and I just you know the the you, you you have to throw out the opener obviously based on the opponent and they've looked so good defensively since then, but um, it's just I just don't I, I don't have a real good read on those guys yet. This is this is a team that could vault really or, or, or plummet, which however way you want to look at it here in the butt rankings for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna slide in Duke there at that point with the knowledge that this is a team that could really vault here in the next. Oh, absolutely.
0: Days. Yeah. And I've got them at 11. So it's not that far off um, I, because I'm, this is basically me just saying, Hey, Syracuse uh, or not Syracuse Pitt? Like you struggled with Delaware. So um, I'm going to have to, even though it was uh, without Kenny Pickett. And I understand that I'm going to have to dock you a little bit. And this is me punishing Pat Narduzzi for his ridiculous fourth and one decision against Penn state that I'm still angry about.
1: Oh, but it made so much sense, Lauren. Come on. I mean, he, he tried to explain it to oh. so many ways. I mean I don't know. I am still I'm still confused by all It
0: that. was infuriating. So yeah, I've got I've got Duke at um I've got Duke at eleven. Uh I got Virginia at twelve. We've kind yeah. of already talked about where they're at right now and what they've done. Um I've got Wake at thirteen. I've got Virginia at twelve mostly because of the old Dominion game, which is maybe not entirely fair to them because I think they've probably but Wake's got some nice wins. I mean, Utah State's a good win. Um like that's a solid team that they, that they beat at home. The way they played against Carolina was very impressive, especially early. Um, like I'm going to excuse the BC game and just enroll and with the Deeks at 13. So that's who I've got at 12 and 13 is Virginia and wake. And then obviously Clemson is the least butt.
1: I'll flip wake and UVA in mine. Um, only because again, yes, the, 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 the wake wins are not quite convincing enough for me to, to, to put them up, uh, I guess in that second spot, but, um, I, I I put Pitt down there in that what fourth from the top spot only because you know I the UCF win was yeah was and, the and the Penn State sure. me and the Penn State loss is huge and you know granted we we could be talking about the number three team here if uh, they they hadn't screwed up inside the five yard line there at Penn State but um, you know that's that's kind of where we vary anyway.
0: Well, either way, I can't wait for that epic battle of unbeaten's when Wake and Clemson play it'll be super exciting um, all right well i'm gonna let you get you're on your way to justin puente's press conference which should be super fun so um i'm sure you would much rather be there than doing these butt rankings so i'm gonna oh, let okay. you go
1: i can't imagine what kind of movie he's going to be in today oh
0: boy tell everybody where they can find you norm
1: uh lauren you can find me uh let's see first of all you can find me on twitter uh at normwood very simply and then um Uh, www.dailypress.com forward slash sports and www.pilotonline.com. I believe that's also forward slash sports.
0: All right. Uh, Thanks so much, Norm. Bye, everybody.